Today on Blue 58, it is peak mock draft season. So let's talk about mock drafts. My mock drafts, your mock drafts, whoever's mock drafts. These are Packers mock drafts, and each one is its own little gem. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I am your host, John Meerdick. Very happy to be with you here on another episode. Have I've had people requesting now for a couple weeks that we do some mock drafts, and I've dragged my feet a little bit, but I've fully dived into it now. I am all in on mock drafts, so this episode is going to be all kinds of different mock drafts. I've got a few that I've done, a few that you have done, and I think we can learn some lessons from uh, from each of them in their own way. First, a couple broad takeaways. I think this exercise is good uh, because it shows what the sort of really, really broad consensus is about some of these players that we've been talking about. So we went through over the past few weeks, a bunch of different position groups, every different position group in the draft, in fact, and sort of talked about how certain players might align with what the Packers could be looking for at the position or maybe should be looking for at a particular position. But until you start sorting through mock drafts, you don't really know what the broad consensus is on those players. Secondly, I think this exercise was really helpful in sort of figuring out my own biases. Um, There were a a lot of players, not a lot, a few players that I found myself circling back to again and again and again at certain points in the drafts. I probably did 10 to 15 of these um, through the Pro Football Network mock draft simulator. And there were a few players, like I said, that I keep coming back to. One of them was Antonio Gibson. Uh, Pro Football Network thinks of him as a running back. He could be that. He could be another Ty Montgomery running back, wide receiver, tweener type. Little column A, little column B. But I found myself picking him again and again and again at about pick 136 for the Packers. Same with McTelvin Aguim on the defensive line. At 175, I found myself looking his way again and again and again. The last thing I realized, and and maybe this is not a realization or just kind of an evolution of what I'm thinking about as I read more and more about these prospects, is that I think I'm higher on Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State now than I was way back when we did our wide receiver preview. I think I kind of downplayed him a little bit at the time. I'm coming around there more and more again. And I think it kind of aligns with the value the Packers could get. It seems like looking at a bunch of these simulations and how things have played out, that the, that he is the sort of players the Packers could take at 30. They could trade back and get at 36. They could trade back a little bit further, pick up more capital and get him at 40. There are a bunch of options there. If that's the sort of player that they're targeting, a versatile player who can do a little bit outside, a little bit inside, athletic, productive, all of those great things, If they're looking to maximize value, that is a route that they could go. And I think they could do a lot of good things there. So those are my overall thoughts on mock drafts. Let's talk about a few different kinds of mock drafts. The first two I'll talk through sort of in their entirety. And I've shared each of these. If you're you're a more visual person and you want to look at them uh, sort of all printed out, uh, you can do that. I've shared them all on my Twitter page at... John Mirdinka via my Twitter account. I guess Twitter page sounds like I'm an old person and I am an old person inside, so that's fine. Um, But 
you can see them all there and sort of my rationale for for what um i did sort of in sort of in short form there so my mock drafts the first one i wanted to share was one where i just sort of played it straight didn't trade up didn't trade down and uh just saw what we could get based on where the packers were in the draft um and so here's what we got i have sort of downplayed this guy for a while and uh it just shook out this way just with what was on the board at 30 i ended up taking patrick queen out of lsu and i've i've talked about how in the past if there was any other option at, at wide receiver or or offensive tackle i probably would take them ahead of queen but in this particular simulation i did there weren't so i didn't so i stood at 30 took patrick queen i think he's a good addition to the packers defense at 62 wanted to flip over to offense uh michael Pittman out of usc was there so i snagged snagged him uh the wide receiver big strong fast guy i like him at 94 i thought we would stick on offense and bolster the offensive line a little bit took jack driscoll out of auburn i like his athleticism uh seems like he could be a swing tackle or you just pencil him in at right tackle uh for whenever he's ready to take over for rick wagner maybe as early as week one at 136 as i talked about antonio gibson was there i like him helping out as a running back i like him helping out as a wide receiver you take him you plug him in wherever you need him on offense maybe he's just a super version of tyler irvin uh that seems like a good value pick there 175 back over to the defense i like mctelvin Aguim there out of arkansas i like his versatility up and down the line at 192 legerius need again a versatility pick uh, can play a little corner, a little safety, whatever. I like that. Uh, at tight end, at 208, we go Dalton Keene out of Virginia Tech. I've talked about him as a versatile option there. Could be your more blocking-oriented version of Danny Vitale. Or if you like him just as a tight end, he could, he could fill in as a uh, sort of latter-day version of Jay Sternberger. Maybe a, another athletic blocking sort of, t- uh, sort of hybrid type where you just sort of find a role for him. Same with pick number 209. One pick later, I went with Tanner Muse out of Clemson. He is another one of those linebacker safety sort of hybrid guys. I like him more as a linebacker type than a safety type, but he is there. You just figure out what you can do with him. That could be the end of Oren Burks. Uh, finally, at 236, and I realize we got 242 here, but I couldn't fit it in the screenshot that I did. So that's why that, if you're looking at it on Twitter, that's why that is the way it is. Uh, 236, I finally take a quarterback, Tyler Huntley out of Utah. I like his physical tools, and he was pretty productive in college. Then at 242, Michael Divinity out of LSU rounds out my draft class. If this is how things worked out for the Packers, I'd be very happy. These are all guys that we talked about on the podcast. kind of did that on purpose, uh, though not completely on purpose. Just kind of worked out that way in, uh, in a couple instances. So Overall, I feel like this is a pretty good effort. If this is how things shook out for the Packers, um, I would I would not be that upset with it. And uh, the fact that they took a bunch of guys that we talked about would also be pretty great. I wanted to simulate a couple of drafts and see if I could get one to break sort of exactly right for me. Get exactly what I wanted. And a few times, few efforts after I did that first draft, I got one. Um, and these first four picks really shook out kind of exactly how I wanted them. First, Kenneth Murray falls all the way down to 30. I grab him there. He's kind of my preferred of the non-Isaiah Simmons linebackers in the draft. I would, I would take him. 
um, and, and be pretty happy. So that's what we do here and uh, get him with the Packers' first-round pick. Then at 62, Brandon Ayuk is still there. We, we snag him and bolster the Packers' passing game. Ben Barch is the pick at 94. I kind of like him as an offensive line prospect, though he didn't hit some of the metrics we talked about uh, when we did our offensive line preview. And then at 136, we circle back to Antonio Gibson again. 175, a guy we talked about in our edge rusher preview, Alton Robinson out of Syracuse, gives us some length on the on the defensive line. Uh, from there, a lot of the same names. Uh, so we'll move on there and not belabor that point. I wanted to do a couple novelty ones too. Uh, so we've talked through a, a couple more serious efforts. Here's one that is that is not so serious. Um, yeah, the Packers probably have needs on both sides of the ball, but what if you just picked things that would make their offense exciting? That's what I did here. Here, I just called this one scoreboard go ka-chink. Um, starting with Michael Pittman, my 30th pick, or my first pick, 30th overall, the wide receiver. Went down, doubled down on wide receiver. Uh, took Chase Claypool at 62. Uh, went three for three on wide receivers. Took Devin Duvernay at 94. And then just for kicks, grabbed a wide receiver in the fourth round with Darrington Evans out of Appalachian State. Now, obviously, this isn't going to happen. This would be absolutely crazy if the Packers went offense, 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 offense in their first four picks. And not just offense, all skill position players. But it would be a lot of fun. The Packers have a lot of ammunition in this draft class. They can do a lot of different things as far as moving around the board. I think that there's a good chance that we're going to see both a trade down and a trade up in this draft class. Just looking at how some of the value shakes out, I wouldn't be surprised at all, as we talked about a couple episodes ago, to see the Packers slide out of the first round into the early second, try to pick up probably an extra fourth round pick. Then they would probably use some of that ammunition to move up again later. And that's what I did um, in this draft. Um, I traded back out of the first round, uh, trading 30 to 30 uh, to the New York Giants for 36 and 110, and uh, drafted Brandon Ayuk out of Arizona State with pick number 36. As the second round continued to play out, Zach Bond, the versatile linebacker out of Wisconsin, was still on the board. I didn't think he would get past Denver at 46. So I traded, uh, or I made Denver an offer they couldn't refuse, traded my 62nd pick, the 62nd pick in the draft, along with 110 and 136 for pick number 46 and took Bond there. Ended up with two second round picks, much like the Packers did in 2017. The simulation kind of messed up from there, so I couldn't play out the entire draft with sort of my reduced lineup. But I, I do think expecting Gutekunst to move around the board is realistic, especially with picks 208 and 209 coming back to back. I'd say there's a good chance he probably tries to trade up from there uh, using those two back to back picks as ammunition. Finally, my last simulation here, I, I call it the apple of my eye. I've been pretty open about my love uh, for Isaiah Simmons. I wanted to see what it would take to get Simmons to Green Bay. So the first thing that had to happen was Simmons had to fall in the draft. Really, probably out of the first nine or ten picks or so uh, for the Packers to really have a chance to trade up. Um, I did a little bit of research this week on what it would cost the Packers to trade up. And just looking at the the Jimmy Johnson point values and just looking at the picks they have this year, not dipping into the 2020 draft pick pool, it would take the Packers their entire draft to trade up to the 14th slot from 30. And even then, the points don't completely line up. So trade up to 11 
where Isaiah Simmons fell to in this draft. He was available at 11 when the New York Jets are on the clock. Uh, took me plenty from this draft class and plenty from next year. So I traded the Jets, pick 30, 62, a 2021 first and a 2021 third for pick number 11 and took Isaiah Simmons. Pick number 94, Matthew Pert is there from UConn. I like his athleticism at tackle there. Back to Antonio Gibson at 136. And then I trade up again and double down on inside linebackers and take Michael Walker, figuring that uh, the Packers really just solve their offensive or their their inside linebacker issues with this draft class. There's a couple other options beyond that. Darius Anderson at 208, Jacob Breland at 209 that I like. But really, uh, this was just to illustrate that it would take a lot for the Packers to trade up high enough to get Isaiah Simmons. And I think everybody kind of understands that. We had a bunch of listeners submitted mock drafts. And I want to talk through each of those here. I won't belabor reading through each of these pick by pick, but I do want to hit some of the high points from the people who were kind enough to write in. Uh, Starting with Chris. Chris submitted two mock drafts. First one, he says, here's one I really like. Speed, 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 giant, and more speed. Uh, So we, we talk speed. You got to start with Patrick Queen at linebacker because even with Isaiah Simmons and Kenneth Murray there, he is probably the most speed-based linebacker there is in the draft. He also went Brandon Ayuk at 62 and Antonio Gibson at 94. Maybe a little bit early there for Gibson, but you know, don't begrudge you that there. Uh, Lecky Fotu is his 136 pick, and then he does in go speed does indeed go speed from there. Javelin Gidry, Tanner Muse, Dalton Keene, and so on. Uh, like that one. I do like the addition of speed, especially on the Packers' uh, offense among their skill position players. They could use more speed there. And we got to talk about Javelin Guidry there for a second because he is probably the best defensive back name in the draft this year. Uh, I know there are some other contenders, but he is my uh, my personal favorite just because his first name is Javelin, and it's hard to not like that. Uh, There also are some, some fun confusing names out there like AJ Green is it is available as a uh, as a defensive back um Josh Jackson is out there I think an offensive tackle uh, that those are fun uh, those would be fun to have around just because of the the confusion factor there um also recently became aware of the existence of Joey Magnifico the tight end out of Memphis which I think the Packers should do something about uh, probably draft him just so I can buy his jersey. Or maybe I just buy his jersey no matter where he ends up. That is a great a great name. Chris sent in a second mock draft. This is another one I thought was interesting. He said, this felt very Packer-like with a sneaky defensive line pick and a few Swiss Army knives and Gibson, Bowden, and Chin. So he starts with Russ Blacklock in the first round, goes to Jeremy Chin in the second, the fantastic safety out of Southern Illinois. He gets Gibson again, then Lynn Bowden, the receiver, Uh, I like guys that can do a lot of different things, Um, and I think the Packers do too. Uh, They've historically shown a lot of preference for that, and I think that hasn't really changed at all under Brian Gutekunst. He likes even more athletic guys who can do a lot of different things, and uh, we get some in this mock draft. Got to read the full name on this one. Chicken Parmesan says, I love this mock. Jefferson is my wide receiver one for the Packers. Winfield serves as a cover hybrid linebacker role and is a ball hawk. Troutman, probably the best tight end. Uh, Kelly has insurance for Jones and Jay Williams leaving. Rest his value. So I I like this one too. 
if this is how things shook out for the Packers, I wouldn't be all that upset. So he starts out with Justin Jefferson at a LSU in round one. That is one that I could not get to work out all that often. Justin Jefferson always seemed to go a lot before I ended up picking. Uh, he takes Antoine Winfield out of Minnesota at 62. Like him, he does a lot of interesting things. Adam Troutman, one of the best uh, all-around tight ends on the board at 94. So he gets scooped up there by Mr. Parmesan. Uh, Joshua Kelly out of UCLA at 136. He's a guy that we didn't talk about, at least not super in-depth, but he is very close on a lot of the metrics that we talked about, so I like that selection. He gets Ben Barch uh, at 175. That is a a good value. McTelvin Aguim at 192, another good value. Uh, Then just taking flyers from there. Anthony Jennings, an an edge out of Alabama at 208. He takes James Morgan, the, the Wisconsin product, at 209. A lot, of, lot to like there, Mr. Parmesan. So, um, so we enjoy that one a, a lot. Um, in response to the one that I called everything that I wanted, Eric sent in his version of that. He got Justin Jefferson in the first as well. Ross Blacklock in the second at 62. He takes Matt Pert out of UConn. Troy Dye, his, his uh, linebacker selection out of Oregon at 114. He traded up to get him. Then he also trades up and gets Antonio Gibson at 131. Sticks with Navelle Clark at 136. A lot to like here as well. I really like your first five picks or so there, Eric. So really enjoy that one. Finally, we'll close out with Janelle's. Janelle's mock draft. Hers, she says she traded uh, 30 to Indianapolis for picks 34, 122, and 197. If you're getting three draft pick back in a trade, you're probably doing all right. So I like what she's got going on there. She goes offensive line. One of the only ones, perhaps the only one. I didn't have anywhere I took an offensive line first. Offensive lineman first. Didn't end up getting a lot of value in my simulations there. So she takes Austin Jackson at a USC with her 34th overall pick, so trading back just a couple slots to grab him. Then grabs Michael Pittman, his teammate out of USC at 62. She gets Lecky Fotu out of Utah at 94. A.J. Dillon, the big running back out of Boston College at 122, doubling down on the offensive line with Jack Driscoll at 136. Then Legereus Sneed uh, at 175 beyond that, just, uh, just some value picks, including Derek Tuska out of North Dakota State at 209. And one of my favorites, Reggie Robinson out of Tulsa at 242. Again, what do we learn from this whole whole exercise? I think this is a good way to explore some of your own biases here. What players do you like? Where do you like them? Do you like them more than maybe some of the experts should? I am definitely guilty of that with a couple guys. Antonio Gibson, of course, I, I mentioned already. Dalton Keene, another one. I, I really like what he does, but I understand some of the some of the hesitation about him. Um, but I think this is a worthwhile exercise. I think um, thinking of these as predictive would be a mistake, but I think most people understand that. Most people understand that just because you get a guy with pick number 94 doesn't mean that's how the NFL values him, uh, how even scouts see him, and that's okay because the point of doing all this is is to have fun. And I think it's a lot of fun to put on your GM hat and think about what you would actually do in these scenarios. And that's something that always comes home to me this time of year. Um, I, I have to confess, I am grateful to be out of the positional preview part of the podcasting schedule for a year because I always struggle with how to do that. Do you get people the best possible information? Do you actually share a worthwhile opinion on these picks? I don't know. Uh, because 
a lot of NFL decision makers really don't know either. How many bad draft picks are there every year? I would say every team makes two or three bad selections almost every year. That's just how it works out. Nobody crushes their draft each and every year. The challenge to know at least something about every one of these guys in the draft, to value them correctly, to compare them correctly to other players, to figure out how they can help your team is an incredible challenge. And it is hard, even just sitting here as a guy with a podcast, to sit down and think through each of these picks. Am I just picking this guy because I'm familiar with him? I know more about him than I know about these other guys. That is a, a fair question, but it's a big problem to do that if you're an NFL GM. Fortunately, I'm not, and if I screw up these picks, it doesn't matter at all, and chances are I screwed up all of them. So let us know. If you've got a mock draft that you want to contribute yet, I would be happy to read it. Get at me on Twitter. Let me know in the YouTube comments, wherever. Let me know your thoughts. Also read uh, the next chapter of Take Your Eye Off the Ball for next time. We will be happy to sort through that one and get to any comments you may have about that. I would love to hear your feedback and thoughts on that as well. So I've got for you on this episode. We will see you very soon back here on Blue 58. If you'd be so kind, go ahead and share this with somebody you think would benefit from, uh, from hearing our conversation because continuing that conversation, even in these lockdown uh, social distancing times is how we conti- uh, to continue to raise the the level of conversation around around the Packers. And doing that is going to help make us all smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans. And better Packers fans are, I think, what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.